Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like signing Matt Carpenter, is a complete waste of everyone's time. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nate! <laughs> and this week, on a very special 100th episode, we've got a killer crew of Tab All-Stars returning to the show to help us try to bring something actually enjoyable to all of you that are listening. Uh, let's see. First, we have from the Peace, Love, and Baseball podcast, as well as many other wonderful bits of content, Kelsey Bird joining us. Thank you for being here, Kelsey. Happy 100th, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. And we have from, you know him from his clips on Twitter, probably <laughs> from running into him drunk at a bar and his support on the uh, Birds, <laughs> Birds on the Black content, Kyle Reese. I thought for sure that was going to be for shop off. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, um, you've already heard his name. You've probably heard his voice uh, from Meet Me at Musual, or maybe you've seen his written word at his Substack or one of his dozen other pieces of Cardinal content. Uh, we've got with us Daniel Shoptaw. Hello, guys. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, wow, what a what a great group we have together, Ben. Can you believe that there's that we've managed to get like wrangle these people into actually spending time with us? No, no, I can't. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I pre-apologized before we started recording. Sorry for wasting your time. Sorry, sorry, the show was bad. But thank you for being here, um, and thank you for being our little pod friends. To be yeah. fair, we know what we're getting into. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Um, yeah, you know, we, uh, we've we been doing a hundred... This is our hundredth episode. Somehow we've managed an episode every week for almost two years now. And uh, the three of you, um, you know, I think... I, I don't think we would still be doing the show um, if it wasn't for the support that we've received over the last two years, uh, whether it's the listeners or... Or people like yourself who give us your time and your your big brains and your ability to say things, uh, you know, in an interesting way. So um, <laughs> we we really appreciate you being here. I, I'm sorry that I'm about to waste more of your time here because I have to talk to Ben about uh, uh, we did a thing with the bird scored over the weekend and we watched yeah. a movie called Dead Ball. Um, so first of all, I'm sorry to anyone that watched this along with us. <laughs> Or watched it after the fact. Um, we got a little bit of a late start because uh, Ben pulled a Saborka and was 45 minutes late to the start of the, of the event. In my defense, I was provided a flight of Mezcal and needed to try those different uh, Mezcals. Yeah. Okay. Defense heard um, and uh, rejected. But uh, so, Ben, I, I'll give you a, a minute here to describe this yeah. movie that we watched together. If if somehow you miss this movie, all you really need to know is uh, Jubei Baseball uh, is a young man who killed his dad because he threw a fastball too hard and it 
went through his face and killed him, I guess. Well, it depends on which one. If you watch the first movie, Battlefield Baseball, it went through his chest. In the second movie, yes, it, it goes through his, his face. face. <laughs> it crushed his face. So he swears to never play baseball again. Um, and then, like, smash cut to, he gets himself in prison so that he can kill a bunch of murderists and rapists and arsonists or something like that. There turns out to be a uh, uh, prison league that he joins, a uh, baseball prison league that he joins, and he is essentially coerced into playing a murderous game of baseball on an island that he cannot escape and is being murdered by a team of leather-clad women baseball murderers. Uh, he then realizes that the Nazis are actually behind all of this. Of course. And starts oh to play baseball again to kill and kills them all. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's in 2024. Yeah. I, I am still surprised when Hitler shows up in a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's such a trope, but it, even when, it, when he, when he's there, you still, you, you're taken aback a little bit. Um, if, if you like, uh, if you like like trauma films, these like really gory B movies, this might be interesting for you. Um, I will say that it was very funny to me. It was like, it was like half um, a, a, like a trauma, horrible, bloody, gory B film, like purposefully shocking. And like, yes. like really, I felt bad that anyone who listens to this show might watch it. Cause there's some <laughs> stuff on, on screen that I was like, like we told people to watch this and it's horrible. Um, yeah. And, but also it's like one half like naked gun hot shots. And there's a lot of very silly, goofy, like it was legitimately funny. So uh, we also watched it on YouTube uh, in like potato quality, 360 P um, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't know still was a thing. And it added a whole, sort of layer to the whole thing that you really couldn't see what was going on half the time. Are, are, are you sure you didn't just get prospects after dark on? My dad is, to be fair, it's all the balls that I've thrown at his chest and through his head uh, that, <laughs> you know, makes people sick. So you should be in jail. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess you could watch it. It's on YouTube. It's free. And you could watch the first probably 15 minutes if you make if you make it that far. I would skip to a middle 20 minute chunk when they're on the baseball diamond. That being said, there is not a single pitch. There's never a ball in play. There is like they throw balls that slice people's heads off. Um, So if you're looking for baseball, you know, go watch uh, Major League or something like that. But if you're looking for blood and guts and Nazis. This, yeah. this is your film. So <laughs> I like yeah. the recommendation is uh, just go find any twenty minute part in the middle of the film to watch this completely <laughs> Honestly, crazy it, movie. It, it really might be the best way to view it is just go on YouTube, scrub forward somewhere into the middle of the film, and just watch from there. and And I think you'll figure out uh, more or less what's going on. Although, I mean, it gets like there's like a Mecca Hitler. There's all sorts. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just it ramps up. His and, brother. Um, well, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, please, Ben. Please. 
let us let us keep the pristine plot for uh for those who may watch um but uh yeah like so i don't know that i would call the first bird scored movie night a success um but we watched this movie and ben and i watched it he was in town and this is how we spent our time together was watching yeah. watching this movie um i would definitely still recommend uh battlefield baseball which was the the first one in this series um it's some it's, it's similarly absurd but just a lot less gross um yes so, yeah yeah okay you guys, last last episode you guys were talking about another baseball but that was a, a baseball movie right that was a documentary you brought it up real quick and i it was about oh. something and now i can't remember oh yeah it's a it's a documentary on amazon it's about the cuban baseball players that are defecting right. um yeah a much more serious it's a document like much more serious movie um that's probably what we should have watched because it's a real baseball movie we probably should have watched just about anything else than than this but you know here uh, we are. the last out by the way uh which apparently by all accounts is amazing uh it follows three cuban players and like a handler from uh la that tries to you know sh- take them to the bigs I, I, yeah i wanted to track it down that's why i had yeah i hope to watch it soon too um well yeah we're gonna do more stuff like this we're gonna do more movie nights and game watch stuff as the as the season ramps up so uh maybe we'll find some some less absurd things to watch together unless that's your thing like that part of me really enjoyed it because it was very funny do that on your own time you freak you (laughs) not not with me Molly watched it with us too, and she's like, "I never, I'm never watching that again. Like, why did you make me do this?" But yeah, uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about some cardinal stuff. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we're, we're deep in the in the off season at this point, but we had one of the maybe the biggest moves of the off season, maybe the strangest of the off season, maybe the least expected. You and I actually talked about this on a previous episode and how unlikely and how little sense this would make uh for a baseball team and uh when i made my little opening joke uh kelsey i saw you sort of revile in uh disgust and so i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with you oh i don't uh, the, know if that's fair but the the, the cardinals the cardinals have brought back uh matt carpenter who you know huge any cardinal fan is legend. a huge fan uh yeah he's a legend uh like borderline inner circle cardinal hall of fame if you ask me like maybe the face of the 2010s after your, your Yachty's and your Wayno's and, and, and maybe, you know, Matt holiday. But after that, it's like, it's Matt Carpenter, some of the biggest hits of the 2010s and all around cool dude. So I love Matt Carpenter. Gotta love the facial hair. Um, but a surprising move for the Cardinals to make in 2024. Um, Kelsey, what do you, how are you feeling about the, the Matt Carpenter signing. So I will preface it with that the day that he was uh, designated for assignment by the Braves, I retweeted that and said, you know, in all caps, wake up Mo and was just <laughs> so you did this obliterated, obliterated <laughs> on Twitter for something that in all honesty was very sarcastic. I have will uh-huh. I have never said wake up Mo in a serious <laughs> way. There is not, yeah, there is not a a literal way that I would say that. So I, but call it brainwashing, classic conditioning. It perhaps Uh it is even 
franchise Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. I can't help but love it. Mm-hmm. And my first, my initial reaction was quite literally, damn it, DeWitt's, take my money. <laughs> I'm buying my opening day ticket. Forget how much it is. I will be there. Mm-hmm. So I just, I guess I should start this off by saying, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me because <laughs> this is for me. I am exactly the target, the sentimental millennial Cardinal fan. Uh-huh. This is for me. And apparently there's more, there's a lot more of me. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm just, can we all just accept it for what it is? It's, it's a business move. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good yeah. business move <laughs> and <laughs> some guaranteed money that is a lot more guaranteed than playing the odds of a long post, a deep postseason run or a world series ring. That's, it's not all that different than Adam bringing Adam Wayne right back last season on the surface level for me. Yeah. So I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of things I could say, but but that's what I'll say. Awesome, uh, Kyle. How, what what do you? What's your take on the on the Matt uh, Carpenter return? It's stupid, and I hate it. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I am rooting for Matt Carpenter. I, how could you not? You know, uh, yeah. I'm in a weird spot. So I've been watching the rewatching for like the 700th time the first season of True Detectives. And it is not the right time in Cardinal in my Cardinal fandom to be experiencing this right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, all kidding aside, I I want it to be as good of a, a season as as Pujols had. You know, something. It's not going to mm-hmm. be that. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. But uh, right. I want it to be as good as it possibly can be. And I, it's not. It's going to be atrocious. We're all going to be frustrated. He's going to be getting at bats that we don't want him to get. Uh, and he's going to be taking walks and angry at the strike zone and a terrible defensive first baseman who doesn't run the bases particularly well. Uh, I don't think any of that's going to go anywhere. But, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> All right. uh, Daniel, how about yourself? What are your thoughts? Well, um, yeah. Um, it's it's an unnecessary move. It's, I think to go along with Kyle, it doesn't make the team better, but it is Matt Carpenter. And if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. And I don't, it's not, it just, it doesn't move the needle either way. I don't think, which is maybe what we can say about most of this off season. It doesn't really move the needle much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just don't see a real good, reason for it except for the whole clubhouse culture thing that they keep selling and they really seem to be leaning into that but you know even you know and i wrote about this at the Substack, but you know even best case scenario how does he get more than 100 150 at bats right i mean he's not gonna play first he's not gonna play third he's not gonna play second he's not gonna play outfield he's gonna dh some when they don't have anybody else there maybe but you know, now if the bases are loaded, and you need somebody to take a walk. Sure. But, um, you know, how often, I mean, which is granted better than what they did with the bases loaded last year. So maybe that's <laughs> what they're thinking. But uh, yeah. I mean, on the whole, it's not something to be worked up about, but it's not necessarily a move that really needed to be made either. Yeah. Some of the, some of the comments from him in the interview on one Oh one, he was on a BK and Ferrario. And there were a couple things about it that really stood out to me. The first one, uh, uh, Mr. Carpenter mentioned that it was that first night 
after he got released that Mo reached out to him. Uh, and that's when they started the dialogue. I thought that was a fascinating part in this because mm. never in a million years would I have suspected that. Uh, logistically, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really even make sense from a roster standpoint. But I guess if there's a chance you're going to trade somebody like Alec Burleson, it's probably a good idea to keep Matt Carpenter's number on speed dial, especially if clubhouse culture is a thing. And then I think the other thing that really stands out, uh, maybe not from that interview, but from uh, Katie Wu's interview with Nolan Arenado, is that it seems like not only it seems like Arnado and Goldschmidt helped drive this bus. And that's yeah. fascinating to me too. Uh, and also more and more, it feels like we're seeing Nolan Arnado's influence on the front office uh, on a daily basis now. And those are just a couple like real baseball things other than, uh, you know, but Carcosa uh, and the yellow King uh, that I, I dealt with earlier uh, that, uh, that, um, that came through. So those are like the real things that stick out to me. Yeah, I I think like the Arenado stuff is fascinating, and I, I just like the only stories we've gotten from Mo so far is that he's like really made a point of calling guys like Matt Carpenter, Daniel Descalso, Lance Lynn, you know, all these guys from I, I maybe he's feeling that nostalgia um, for you know for the early 2010s their their heyday. Um, and, and Daniel, I think to your point, like it doesn't necessarily move the needle. It doesn't even have to necessarily be like an impactfully terrible thing. Like, you know, your 26th man is usually, uh, someone who is not having a, a significant impact mm -hmm. on the team. Um, but I, I think like, as a fan, we were all expecting an addition to the team to sort of push down everybody and create a new 26th man and not slotting in a new 26th man on the roster. Uh, ben, what are your what are you thinking? Leadership, baby. <laughs> you, you can't just buy that off the shelf. People are you. You people are ignoring the fact that uh, Matt Carpenter had a 960 OPS plus against left-handed pitchers last year. Now that was in 18 plate appearances, <laughs> but he showed up. It's the lefty killer. Also, Yankees legend, Matt Carpenter. Yankees legend, mustache. Somebody already said mustache. The mustache is good. <laughs> but he's in the lab with Matt Holiday. And last time he was in the lab with Matt Holiday, what happened? He was the hottest thing in New York City. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd like to be on Kelly's, uh, uh, Kelly's, Kelsey's side. I'd like to uh, think that there's some juice left to squeeze. Um, I'd like to think that Matt Holiday can fix him. Um, but I don't think he will. And I think it's really just going to be us angry about stealing at bats from Jordan Walker or Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan or Paul Goldschmidt. And it's, it's hard to see this work out well for the Cardinals, but leadership. I, leadership. I have to say, how dare you all make yes. me have to think about this practically? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but to the leadership point, I have to think that there is something to that. Listen, I, I want to buy into it. So that's a big mm -hmm. part of it. But I think there is something to it in the sense that can you really expect the guys like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in the prime of their career to be as responsible for bringing the best out of other people? Don't we want them to be most focused on bringing the best out of themselves? There are other people on that team who can play the role of bringing the best out of their fellow players and who's to say Matt Carpenter. I mean, we know he is that kind of guy. Isn't being good better than being a leader. 
And that's that's what I'm having trouble piecing together. You got to have it all. You got to yeah. have it all. Well, well, I think it's very interesting that we get these stories, you know, this whole idea of getting Matt Carper for the leadership right on the heels of all of these stories for winter warm-up about what Brendan Donovan is doing mm -hmm. as a leader, you know, getting the group text, getting people doing this. And I, and if I feel like, you know, some of that leadership void, if you will, Donovan spent this off season saying, I'm going to fill it. And, you know, I don't know. I think that he's got a better chance of reaching some of these guys, especially like the Jordan walkers, the Mason wins who, don't really have a connection with Matt Carpenter, mm -hmm. then, you know, so, I mean, who's Matt Carpenter? Is he just going to lead, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado or something like that? Which, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a little bit weird. So I, I think it's very interesting that it's maybe the Cardinals buying something they don't need, which is a very Cardinals thing to do. Yeah. I, I kind of saw it as, as like further damning of the, of, of Ali Marmol, frankly, like part of his, his whole thing, right. Is, is leading the team being that voice I've said it before, but I think at this point management at the big league level is more of like a people manager role. Right. And so they just keep like, shouldn't it have been his responsibility to help elevate people into these leadership style positions? Like if we know it's not going to be Goldie, if we know it's not going to be Arenado, that's just not the type of people they are. Okay. We should have known that for a long time now. So what was Marmol and crew doing over the last three years to sort of put these guys in these sorts of positions that grow and develop those leadership skills. I was starting to get excited because of the Brendan Donovan thing. Cause that is kind of that answer. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe Marmol and crew and, and Donovan's that type of guy and they're, and they're bringing that. And you can see it a little bit in Jordan Walker and just his, that it might just be, you know, the talent that oozes from him. But I think he's the type of guy that seems like he might be, you know, able to rally the group around you can him. tell me what to do. It's <laughs> big, strong arms. Um, uh, ooh, getting hot flashes over here. Um, Sorry. But, uh, but then they go and do this and it's like, so is just no one able to develop leadership talent on this team. And so we have to dig into your descalzos and your, uh, and your carpenters and things like that. I, I don't know. It, it seems like a weird, like I, I, I traditionally the role of the uh, guy who's a leader who just sits on the bench the whole time. That's your backup catcher, right? That's why we had our Jason LaRue's and, and stuff like that. You say they only play a little bit, but they're also great leaders. And so now we just have like the, the DL, the designated leader on the team <laughs> is, is Carpenter. Um, well, I mean, ran off Andrew Kisner. So, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, Texas Ranger, Andrew Kisner, you know, obviously someone saw something in him. I, another fascinating thing about the Carpenter interview is he talked about one of the ways he was going to lead was uh, by giving the younger players a voice. And <laughs> I also thought, hey, Brendan Donovan could do that. And so could the younger <laughs> players when they're ready to give their voice, which tells me that it's not really a younger player issue. It's a veteran issue. Uh, yeah. More than anything, and I'm probably just reading into it, but I, I don't know. That's that's the biggest problem I have with it from a leadership standpoint is, is it really a matter of, like, quote, unquote, your team doesn't have good leadership? Or is it just that everything is off balance? Maybe your leaders do it things their own way, and they don't really know how to intermingle well with others. You know, you don't – again, I'm not trying to crucify Nolan Arenado here at all, but 
Yeah, whenever you hear uh, Brandon Donovan talk, it's about the help that Paul Goldschmidt has given him. When you hear other players other than Lars Newfar talk, it's about the help that Paul Goldschmidt gives him. It's never about Nolan Arenado, ever. You know, Newt's been able to break through that crust. And, and Matt Holliday, of course, has a, a longstanding uh, 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 friendship with Nolan Arenado, as does Matt Carpenter. Mm-hmm. But it really does seem like, to me, re- trying, to, trying to piece things together, that this is just as much about appeasing Nolan Arenado and trying to help break him through – uh, uh, to maybe some of the younger players than it is anything else. And, and yeah. I, I just wonder if maybe I'm reading a little too much in that direction too. Maybe, but I mean, if, if that is the gambit that they're taking that like the belief is maybe this will help return Arenado, you know, into a, into a level of comfort. Uh, and you know, that could add four war back to the team. <laughs> if Arenado is back to his six or seven, you know, that he has been for so long. So yeah. It would also not be surprising for me to learn or f- surprising to me to learn that Nolan Arenado's um, intensity is alienating in the clubhouse, especially to somebody who's maybe on the bus or, or you know, coming up for yeah. a cup of coffee or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And his, his intensity is a little different than Wilson Contreras, right? Cause he, he seems mm-hmm. introverted in his, whereas Wilson seems extroverted. And when you're that intense yeah. as an extrovert, uh, when you're giving that level of intensity extrovertedly, uh, it's it tends to be contagious. Whereas if you're introverting, you're isolating, uh, and that makes it tougher for people to understand what you're going through because you're so introverted in in the yeah. introspection. Uh, yeah, that's a great way to put it, uh, Kyle. And I think like it, Wilson Contreras, if he's like super amped up, he might run and and give you a giant hug because <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with his emotion. Um, Nolan Arenado may rip you into shreds and there would be nothing left of your body with his level of intensity and energy. So I can imagine that being kind of uh, terrifying. While we're over analyzing, I may, again, maybe I'm totally off base here, but I can't help but think of it from the money-making perspective because the number one goal of every team owner is not to win. It is to make money. So don't get me started kelsey (laughs) just very simplistically baseline level how different would have the final weekend at bush stadium been this past season without adam wainwright's retirement Mm -hmm. so is there a chance that this season runs into the ground the same way that last season did absolutely there's there's always that chance there's so many outside circumstances that they can't guarantee what they Mm -hmm. can guarantee is if they need to pull a matt carpenter retirement weekend out of their back pocket that <laughs> they could cash in on that. Is that yeah. totally off base or is there maybe something to that as well? I mean, it's an interesting point. It I, That was, that was something I was thinking about too. When it was first announced, like let's run it back because when it was yeah. first announced it, what I was, it didn't even, there was, there was a little window of time where we weren't sure if it was a playing contract or if it was some sort of, you know, honorary returning to the team to retire as a Cardinal sort of thing. You don't see that as much anymore, but like that was, that's actually what I thought it was at first. And then the full press release came out and I was like, Oh shit, he's like locked into the, uh, into the 26 man basically. Um, but yeah, I think from a business perspective, it's just hedging your bets in a lot of different ways. And if we have to pull this, uh, pull the retirement circuit card again, like at least that might make September at Bush a little bit more fun. If he even makes it like, yeah. you know, we think about the Pujols one Pujols said later, it, you know, I don't even think it was until that off season that he almost retired in June. It was going so poorly. <laughs> so I don't think Matt Carpenter is going to do that. 
I think Matt Carpenter is going to die on this hill. <laughs> but I will say that Matt Carpenter does not have the cachet yeah. that Pujols and Yachty and, and yeah. Adam Wainwright did. And so if he's hitting 033 in June on a league minimum salary and for some reason Alec, they've sent down Alec Burleson who's hitting, whatever the case, he they may let him go. I don't I don't yeah. think they, they risk a, you know, torches and pitchforks type of situation as they would have with anybody else well and and with 2023 the everything was so shit so quickly and adam wainwright had such a specific goal that also only necessitated necessitated a little bit of good performance from him to get because pitcher wins are such a fluky thing like everybody as a fan was just like once the season was done it was like yeah whatever just let Wayno, go for it. We don't really care. It's fun. It's something that's fun. There, there is, I don't think there is any sort of milestone like that with Matt Carpenter. At least I haven't heard of it. What a good and, question. And there, in regard, there's nothing like 200 pitcher win. Like he's nowhere near anything like that in today's game. You know, if he was at hundreds of home runs or something, he might be at some sort of cardinal walk record he could or hit, something. He could hit 30. B war this year if he has a really oh, good season. Yeah, man, I can't wait for everyone to be huddled around on the couch watching him accrue <laughs> B war. <laughs> Nobody thought Albert was going to get to seven then uh, seven hundred, and he crushed yeah. it. So, yeah, and uh, definitely the everyone's going to be really excited about him acquiring baseball reference <laughs> oh, war. Shut up, <laughs> the, y'all. He does have one hundred and seventy five home runs. So okay, okay two hundred. All right, let's get it. <laughs> let's let's go. One hundred and seventy six. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> Give I'm him sure a the, Cardinals, the Cardinals brass have crunched the numbers, and they know what what it would take to get a positive return on investment on that Matt Carpenter contract. But the other thing that's funny about Carp, about Marp rather, pardon me, about Marp <laughs> you, is that he uh, he is a polarizing St. Louis Cardinal figure because to, to me and to uh, members of this, this, this council here, if you will, um, <laughs> we, uh, we view him as a, a surefire Cardinal hall of famer. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't know if we're in the majority or the minority or if we're in a 50% stake, but I don't think everybody feels that way. And, and especially the way it ended those last couple seasons, I, I don't think it carries not only the same to, to Daniel's yeah. point, the, the same cachet from a roster building standpoint, but even from a fan standpoint, especially if he comes out and he's taking walks yeah. and he's pissed about the strike zone and uh, <laughs> he's just more the same of what we saw before he went and had success in other places. Yeah. And he really only had a very tiny window of absolute insane success with the Yankees. Like if you look at, like oh, there's yeah. some really fun things where it's like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Matt Carpenter, <laughs> you know. Um, but other than that, he basically hasn't had a positive season for over five years now. Um, he, so he, he is at 699 walks as a Cardinal. So that first walk. <laughs> oh, bring, bring it right, let, let's let's wanna, go. Let's end this. Oh, we've got to move on. I think we could keep going on. Carp Maybe for the it rest should of just episode. be a one day contract and everybody would be happy. He'd get his walk. Okay. Okay, Nate, I'm sorry. <laughs> Will he be in the opening day? Not uh, the home opening lineup. Yes. What do you all think? Yes. Yeah. Oh, the lineup. Like, is he actually like, going to oh, start? Like, is he a starter on opening day? Oh, at see, home? I don't yes. want to see that. I just want to see him in the back <laughs> of an electric Ford. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. They got to find a good time for him to pinch hit. 
so that he can get the full crowd effect. Yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Lead I off hitter so. opening day, baby. Lead off hitter opening day. <laughs> I'm not advocating for that to be clear. <laughs> they should um, just ship out Newt and Donovan and just go all in. Yeah. There you go. Um all right. We'll one tell last look. Do it these days. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for him to return. I isn't he he's he's in another organization, I think. He's like with the Pirates. No, he's retired. Well, no, I mean like he's in the he's in the office, I think. Isn't he working Is he? with some team? I don't know maybe um one little other bit of news uh that came up over the last week uh as we discussed on last week's last week's episode tommy admin was going into arbitration and we were all really looking forward to uh you know hearing how mad he was as he had to be you know shamed by his uh bosses so that he could make less money um, but fortunately, they have come to some agreement and now instead he's got a two year deal avoiding arbitration. Um, doesn't like functionally change anything as far as what the team's going to look like this year, or next year. Um, but it is interesting that it is only it is a is a two year deal buys out arbitration and that's it. So like if there was a, if there was an opportunity for a Tommy Edmund extension, you assume that conversation would have happened in that moment and either or both parties have determined that's not the that's not the case so it certainly feels like tommy edwin edmund will not be with the cardinals after these next two years um kelsey how are you feeling about uh about tommy edmund i feel like i'm gonna be on an island all by myself on this one too (laughs) so thanks for making me go first I don't, I'm not thinking about two years from now. I'm just yeah. happy that Tommy's getting paid next year yeah. and the following year. And that, I, yeah, I don't have to worry about this next year. Hopefully I think Tommy Edmond, I, I think my perspective on baseball is a little bit different because I am part of the entertainment industry. And so I, and mm-hmm. professional sports is the entertainment industry. And so I relate it a lot to that in my mind when I think about these things. And Tommy Edmond to me is that actor that you've seen in everything that's like so good in everything, but you don't know his name because uh-huh. he's always different. He's a different type of character in everything. Matthew McConaughey is the same in everything. Leonardo DiCaprio, brilliant. Oh. Love him. He's the same <laughs> he's, in everything. Like a Steven Tobolowski type or something. Mm. Yes. I mean, I literally couldn't name more because I don't know their (laughs) names off the top of my head, but they are, it's not that they're less talented. They have less specificity and have less honed skill in one specific area because that's not the opportunity that they're given. That's not the thing that they're hired to do. And that's where I think he is, he is punished and looked down upon for his versatility in a lot of ways, (laughs) but that is what he's hired to do. And do you think those those actors who are in maybe twice as many movies as maybe three times as Matthew McConaughey is in, do they want to be on 18 hour sets, you know, all year round? Absolutely not. They would prefer to just have a couple bigger contracts a couple times a year, but that's not what they're doing. Tommy Edmond might be better offensively. He might be better at every single defensive position if he could play that exclusively, but he's not mm-hmm. given the opportunity to do that. Doesn't complain about it, shows up and does everything at at least league average, which is still pretty freaking impressive because we're yeah. in major league baseball. And I don't think anybody would argue that he is a major league baseball player and he deserves to be an everyday player, whether you think it should be with the St. Louis Cardinals or not is another thing, but that's my piece. On no, top. I, I, I think 
like I'm closer to you than than you would uh, than I think you at least you think based off of the <laughs> the opening. Like I think it, it's interesting to me. Tommy Edmund has like the least uh, heralded six war season in in recent Cardinal history yes. that I can think of. You know, like he ha- he had at least one like truly incredible season with the Cardinals. He's not far that far removed from it. And you're right. What would it look like if Tommy Edmund just got to play second base every day, all day? uh you know for for multiple seasons and just focus on doing one thing instead of being sort of our like oh shit it's collapsing everywhere where else can we plug in tommy edmund mm-hmm. um i i actually was a little surprised the cardinals weren't even interested in an extension or or i don't i have no idea i don't know kyle maybe you know something but um like i'm a little surprised that there wasn't an extension even for a year or so um kyle what do you think uh, yeah so you know i'm i'm actually I don't think there's a player on the roster that deserves the DeWitt's money more than Tommy Edmond does for those very reasons. Uh, You know, like he's done everything. He's in a lot of ways, not, not the way he goes about his business, but he's a lot like what Matt Carpenter was. He did everything. He Carpenter reinvented himself as a hitter. He reinvented himself as a fielder. He he did everything he possibly could, which will speak to some of his leadership qualities, especially with a team that's going to need a lot of versatility. But and that's all Edmund has done. He's done everything that the Cardinals have wanted it to. And he's they've they've overvalued him every step of the way. So now is the time for him to get paid up to that value valuation. You know, I for me, you can never have enough depth. That this offseason, and I know that it's gonna it's a talking point because of how bad the Cardinals starting pitching still looks. Uh but I was mm-hmm. I'm one of these people who said don't trade Brendan Donovan, don't trade Nolan Gorman, don't trade uh, uh, Tommy Edmund, you have to keep them all because it's a long season and guys get hurt. And some of these guys already have lingering injuries. And, you know, you have a lot of questions with Mason Wynn in the outfield. And he's just so valuable to the team because he is a failsafe. And he did something last year that no one else really did, including Goldschmidt and Arenado. And that was not screw up a lot. And, and I know that that's, <laughs> that's like a low bar, but when you're a team that constantly screwed up, especially on the defensive side of the ball uh, and on the base pass, and you've got a guy who does both of those things exceedingly well and can more than hold his own from one side of the plate and is substandard on the other side, like that's that's a very, very valuable piece. That, again, six war, heavily defensive-based, like beyond the war of it all, that's a very valuable player, especially for mm-hmm. a young team and a bridge year coming off of their first losing season in, since whenever, uh, trying to put it all together and find your winning ways. Give that guy two years. You know, as far as a contract, I don't know. My, my guess is that this, this, on a timeline, this works out for both Tommy and it works out for the Cardinals. Gives them time to see what they have out in the outfield. I know everybody's going to go to Victor Scott, but even before getting to Victor Scott, it gives them time to figure that out as does the, the shortstop situation. And there's no telling that in two years, you know, th- mm-hmm. they could easily extend that depending on how the season goes, how, how these next two years goes. But, it, you know, there's a real chance Tommy Edmond could be looking at a real serious free agent payday. So I think I think it was probably mutual. I think they both saw the benefit of it and seizing the opportunity now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so because I think we're all on we're all on Team Tommy here. Tommy two bags. Uh <clears throat> Also, <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm getting some heavy grunts from the C70 corner. Actually, I just had to clear my throat. But no. <laughs> I, I, I am more on the island. Again, I don't have any problem with Tommy getting 
the bag or two bags or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but I, I still feel like this was a move the Cardinals didn't need to make. Um, I do think that there is a, a universe and I, I've, I've said this a couple times now, and I'm, I know I'm probably the only one that thinks it. There's a universe where Tommy Edmond is a non-tender candidate at the end of this year without this contract. If Mason Wynn makes the steps we think he does, if either Dylan Carlson takes over center or Victor Scott looks like he's ready for 2025, you know, where does that then put Tommy? Is he backup shortstop? Are you paying now a backup shortstop eight to nine million dollars? Um, I don't know, Kyle. I even dropped Kyle's name in the Substack today because I knew he wouldn't read it, um, and I was seeing <laughs> if. If, uh, Kyle Thomas, had to watch True Detective. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> again, um, Tom, okay. Thomas and JC was. Um, I, I know they they list him as a shortstop. I didn't know if he could cover the position as a backup, whatever the case may be, because the middle infield is going to get started to get a little bit clogged. Although like Kyle says the depth is good, you know, again, it's just it's it helps that it's just a two years. I do feel like at the end of this contract, the Cardinals are going to probably part ways because Tommy's going to be getting more expensive. And, and again, let's look, I mean, he's a guy that is usually offensively 10% below league average. Right. Um, we, I know y'all have talked a number of times about how, you know, two war is kind of the, the standard, right. The average player. Well, that's except for last year, right. right where Tommy usually is. And so if you start paying 10, 11, 12 million, which, you would assume would be after this contract. Um, I, I don't think that that's great value, especially for an organization that doesn't necessarily like to increase payroll by a significant margin. You know, overall, is this a big issue? No, I think it's good. And, and you're right. Everybody likes Tommy. And there's a, if you're going to pay somebody, you're right, pay him. But I just, again, don't think we've seen the Cardinals do uh, contract extensions and contracts that they don't need to make. And I think this is another one of them. Daniel, mm-hmm. I read your sub stack today, which is why I came in with my defenses up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked Kelsey. Hambone, any, any, uh, <laughs> any last thoughts before we move on from the yeah, Edmund? I, yeah, it's so much, to, so much to think about. So, I mean, this I've always liked Tommy Edmund. I've never said a bad word about him. I think <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, this podcast he, has always been very – I look at the title of our last episode. I mean, yeah. we are – we're all we've always been pro Tommy and, Edmund. And the thing about Tommy Edmund's value is that it, it's so easy to see and to put your finger on it and to grab <laughs> hold of because it's just clear. It's there. He's hitting the ball over the wall. Um, but no, I mean, I think uh, I, I think nine, uh, 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 29 teams would kill for a Tommy Edmund on their roster. And I think Kyle was kind of hinting at this and I'm not sure if this is exactly the intent that you had behind it, but they've kind of the Cardinals have kind of misused Tommy Edmond. Like they've taken advantage of him. He is somebody who has decent pop. He has a decent middle infield glove. He can steal bases better than anyone. I guess anyone other than Victor Scott in the organization right now. And he has been kind of the, he's never really had a starting position when he did. He, he won a gold glove. Um, and other than that, they've kind of jerked him around. So I, I think, um, I think Tom, I think Tommy Edmund uh, provides a lot of value for the Cardinals. I don't know if the Cardinals, it's like unrequited love or something like that. It's like, they're not realizing what they have in their hand right now, which is why at times I've argued for them to 
to ship him out and, and maybe trade him for some pitching because I don't love him being our center fielder of the future. I would much rather give Dylan Carlson uh, a shake at it or maybe even Lars Newbar because I think Tommy Ed- Edmund is a middle infielder. So I'm happy that this happened. I'm happy that we don't have to go through Arb again. Um, I, uh, I, I think C70 is probably right. He's probably out of St. Louis after these two years, but, uh, I'm going to enjoy him for the next two years. And, and, yeah. uh, also generational wealth. Let's go, baby. Like he's, he's set up like 20 million bucks or whatever. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. Tommy, tons of bags. Just like bags of whatever he wants. He can afford them now. <laughs> he can put bags in his bags. If he wants, he's got to. so many bags. Well, let's move on. Um, we're going to, we're going to do a little game. We're going to do a little exercise here. So um, calling this draft day, Mount Cardmore edition. Oh my let's god! Play a little. Let's play the little song. The song like, yeah, it's like our longest one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. I really should have trimmed it after the first no, couple it's great. days. We could talk uh, over it. We don't have to uh, listen to yeah, it. I really appreciate for what I really love about your show is the songs that y'all have are so creative and so <laughs> so many words that get put into those songs. They're great. Well, you can thank our associate sound producer, Chris Phillips. That was his <laughs> voice you're hearing there, and he did our opening uh, track as well, as well as a number of the other things. It's that not you just a podcast. It's an experience. That's right. Thank you, That's Kelsey. Right. Thank you. She get, Kelsey gets it. Um, it on right. <laughs> uh, all right so here's how this is gonna what's work. this game so, called again nate Car- uh, <laughs> i was i felt like i that was your God. shitty portmanteau it was yeah, okay. draft day mount cardmore edition so there's uh there's been a little exercise going around on uh on the social media where everyone is picking their their cardinals mount rushmore and some people are doing it from a like just a pure talent level. Some people are doing it from like their personal favorites. And so we thought it would be fun if we did that as a group. But the catch is that we're doing it like a draft. So if somebody takes someone, they are no longer available to be wow. on your Mount Cardmore. Uh, so I have a little list here. We're going to do it like snake style. So. There'll be a pick, and then whoever's the last pick gets two and goes back and forth. And we're all going to build our own little Mount Cardmores. Okay? <laughs> and we're no, going to see who had Cardmore. Too bad. This is the segment. Um, so the order is going to be Ben, Kelsey, oh. Kyle, Daniel, and then me. And I'll keep track of everything. So um ben who is wow. the first face on your uh oh, man yeah your how did i get board. first overall pick that seems I, like we should have let our guests do that you're well you're i did so we have a number of games that we're gonna play and i ran i did a randomizer for all of it mm. so you you won this one all right i have uh, layers gonna, of questions go... before we before we start can i i have i have questions uh yeah. does a person have to be <laughs> drafted by the st louis cardinals no does is it the have, person have has to have been a cardinal? Played? 
<laughs> That's my second question. <laughs> Does the person, if the person was drafted by the Cardinals and never made it to the majors, can that person be on the list? Uh, you know what? Yes. If they were a member of the St. Louis Cardinals organization at one point in their uh, career, then they can go on your list. My answers, my questions have been answered. Please proceed. I, I guess that means I have to go with Brett Wallace first overall, right? Let's go. <laughs> Damn it. I had him on my list too. Um, um, all right, Ben, you've got first no, overall. I, I don't want to be a Cardinals baseball hipster. If I get first overall pick, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Bob Gibson. I, my favorite Cardinal of all time. Uh, nice. need I say any more? It's Bob Gibson. He, he's number one with a bullet. Let's go. All right. Uh, Bob Gibson off the board. Kelsey, who are you taking? I will be slightly strategic and take maybe the only one of mine that someone else might take. And that's Yadi mm. or Molina. Wow. Yachty jumping the list, going nice. second overall. Great pick. Um, Kyle. Pete Cosmo, you cowards. Crappy <laughs> <laughs> Pete. Hey, man, that uh, was it the 2012 uh, playoffs where he saved a couple games for us? The 11 where he killed the Nationals, right? 12. It was, yeah, 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 I thought it was 12. And then he, he, he had a little hand in 13 as well. Um, a little tiny hand. hand. (laughs) (laughs) It's tiny hands. Um, man, talk about a, like a mixed, uh, like emotions on a guy. There's been no one more hated and loved than Pete Cosma, depending on like the moment that you were talking about him. And now he has to be with a small hands connotation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey but he's etched into stone on your uh on your on on your mount cardmore that i've said way oh, more times than i wanted cardmore. to um all right uh daniel you know i thought picking fourth meant some of my picks would be out of the way and then somehow i am here with Stan Musial and Albert Pujol still on the board yeah. on a Cardinal podcast. I'm not really yeah. sure how this goes. Ooh. If we're going with, you know, what it means for the organization, I guess I'll go Stan. Nice. Yeah. I, I didn't think he would fall to you, Daniel. Great pick. Um, all right. Now it comes to me for two and uh, same to what uh, Daniel saying. Uh, so I'm going to take, Ozzy Smith, my favorite Cardinal mm. of all time, my spark bird, if you will, and <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you, I don't know if you listened to any of those episodes, Kyle, but uh, yeah, uh, all right, he, he uh, can assume what it means, yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna take Albert Pujols, Ozzy wow. Smith, and Albert Pujols. Daniel, we're back to you. <clears throat> I think I'll save Tyler Lyons for a while. Um... <laughs> Patron pitcher. Let's see. I will say, oh, me. It's too early in a draft like this, but I'll I'll go. I'll go Adam. I'll go Wainwright. You're wow. taking Wayno. All right. Wow. Kelsey just oh. a shot well, through the heart. The heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll talk she to her later. She gasped. Adam Wainwright. Okay. Kyle. We're back. Tyler Lyons. <laughs> oh, from the top rope. <laughs> My second pick is Tyler Lyons. Yeah, I've already wrote it. I know you're not joking. It's locked in. 
All right, Kelsey, we're back to you. All right, my spark bird, my coming of age crush, Matt Morris, please. Matt oh, wow. Morris. Nice. Now that's that a soul pick. patch. Need to yep. Bring that back. That man can grow facial hair. <laughs> And what else are we really looking for? Uh, ben, yeah. you get two, you get two picks. Uh, ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to go Ray Lankford. Um, I'm going to go Ray Lankford and Chris Carpenter. I love Chris Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, those might, that might've been literally my two picks if they, if it had fallen all the way back to me. Sucks so. to be you. Yeah. Um, no, that's pretty tight most of the time. Uh, Kelsey, <laughs> back to you. Uh, I'm going to go with Edgar Renteria. Oh, nice. He's my, he's okay. my favorite Cardinal shortstop. Talk about yeah. Sparkbird. Edgar Renteria. Um, all right, Kyle. Packy Naughton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's relevant. Becky Norton. Becky Norton. You know he changed his uniform, right, Kyle? Come I have another Boston. pick. You wait your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is uh it is now um I've got so many sheets open. It is Daniel's turn. Well, if I can't get anybody that has a number 70, I'll take the guy that hit 70, Mark McGuire. Oh, nice. damn it. That's a good one. All right. Um, well, so these are my last two picks. We're doing four. Um, I'm pretty torn here. I've got Ozzy Smith and I've got Albert Pujols. So let's see. This is another big one from my childhood. Unheralded player. Um, I was looking through my... Uh, my my collection of cards from the 90s the other day, and I was reminded of him. Um, so I'm going to go with Ron Gant. <laughs> Ron Gant is up there next Sorry. to Albert Pujols <laughs> and Ozzie Smith. And more number five, so why not? There you go. And um, for my last pick, while his son may ultimately rise to higher levels of fame than he did. Let us not forget the man who hit two grand slams in one inning off of the same pitcher, a feat that will never happen again. That's right. Fernando Tatis is wow. my last pick. So brave. <laughs> I actually thought you were going with holiday till that got uh, going a little farther. Um, uh Fernando Tati or uh, Matt Holiday is, my, you know, really what I should have taken as far as favorite players. But I just needed, I needed the two Grand Slams in a single inning represented, carved into stone. Fair. Um, I will go with um, Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, great pick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This I'm, is I started second guessing myself after. I know this nothing. is the last round. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, who's going to join your hollowed halls here? <laughs> I'm torn, guys. <laughs> I'm torn. I don't know if I should go Donovan Solano or David Peralta. Yeah. 
I don't know <laughs> where Bravik Valera fits in this. I haven't decided. <laughs> oh my god. I'm emotional. Yeah. Uh J- Jimmy Jarnal is up for consideration here. Uh-huh. Don't remember that one. Scott's I think Justin, Justin Pope is there too. I was just about to say I, I feel a certain allegiance to one right-handed pitcher named Jordan Swaggerty. Jordan Swaggerty would go up on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Do I know who that is? You How don't dare you? Swaggerty? Yeah, come on. Kelsey, one of two people who are trying. Will you um <laughs> you want to round us out here? Well, I like Kyle have one? a Rolodex of names. So Taguchi, Tino Martinez, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Jason Simon Tachi, Garrett Stevenson, all guys that I absolutely love. Wow. But I think I gotta go with a, a big culture guy who I'm really glad that we still have around and take good old Willie McGee. Nice. Great choice. Slam dunk. Love Willie McGee. Uh, ben, last pick. I, 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 I want to get a little sentimental on this pick because um, he is the most available Cardinal of my lifetime. Uh, and by that, I mean he has availability to meet his fans, uh, uh-huh. which I appreciate. John Mabry. Yeah. Uh, it's a rounded out for me. Uh, love John Mabry. Uh, not a good player, but a, a an available <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run through the list here. Ben, you had Bob Gibson, Ray Langford, Chris Carpenter, and John Mabry. Oh, Kelsey, yeah. Yadi Molina, Matt Morris, Edgar Renteria, Willie McGee, Kyle, Pete Cosma, Tyler Lyons, Packy Naughton, Jordan Swaggerty, Daniel, you had Stan Musial, Adam Wainwright, Mark McGuire, Scott Rowland, and I had Ozzie Smith, Albert Bulls, Ron Gant, and Fernando Tatis. What a, what a, um, Imagine if we could have a Mount Rushmore that actually had, you know, 16 people up on it. I think this is the 16 people that the collective fan base would <laughs> align on. So I think we did a pretty good job here, folks. Uh, if you're listening and you want to weigh in, let us know what is your personal favorite. Or if you want to pick uh, from the five here, uh, let us know. Um, we're going to go back to some actual uh, baseball talk. Um, Kyle. I am interested to oh. hear we're getting very, very close to spring training actually starting. We all know about our Victor Scotts and even our Mason wins and our other um, you know, prospects that we've all been following for a long time. Who are you most excited about seeing in spring training this year that maybe um, our listeners have not heard about or have heard much about? Uh, I don't want to talk about baseball. Is there anything else we can talk about? No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I've got a bunch of other bullshit for us to do here in a minute. I I think one of the things the Cardinals did this offseason is they put themselves in a position where there aren't going to be many names that you haven't already heard that are, are clamoring for spring training, you know, uh, making a name for themselves in spring training. There, there's a couple relievers like Ryan Lutis. I think there's a chance that he ends up being a name that people talk about. He's a relief pitcher um, from Wa- he, he's not from Washu. He went to Washu here in St. Louis. Um, Andre Granillo, another relief pitcher. He's got a big slider pitched in the Arizona Fall League. I, I think it's going to be more like that. You know, last year there was a, a kid named Nathan Church who uh, he's not a real prospect. 
but he made a debut in some spring training games and the Cardinals brass really like him. It's the same kind of thing with Jeremy Rivas, also an Arizona fall league grad, the, the brass love him. The player development loves him. He, not a real prospect. Um, m- might make a name for himself in spring training a little bit. Uh, really good defensive skills for both Church and Rivas. You know, and, and other than that, I think the names that we're going to be keeping an eye on are pretty much the same names that we kept an eye on last yeah. spring training, uh, along with the additions from uh, from uh, the trade deadline. So Thomas Sejaci, uh, Takoa Roby, um, Kloppenstein, or Adam Kloppenstein, rather. Um, Sam Robertsa to go along with Gordon Graceffo, really. I mean, uh, Tink Hentz maybe be a name. But other than that, I don't think that this spring training really opens itself up for that type of, of I guess, high-quality looks for, for many of the, the young players. Uh, there'll be some guys here and there. There's some pretty tools-to-up uh, tools players. I th- Be prepared to be sold, Pedro Pajes. You know, for a good mm-hmm. reason, he's a great kid yeah. and a leader. But they're, they're, you're going to get a good, healthy dose of him and what he's capable of because they're also trying to sell you on him a little bit. Um, and I, I would imagine that the whole revolving group of catchers are, are going to be uh, talked about a little bit here and there because you can never really have enough catching depth in the organization. But uh, I, I think by and large, it's, you know, those guys and then the the – I guess the Buddy Kennedys and Jared Youngs and uh, our fan of the show, Michael Ciani, that uh, are going to end up uh, uh, being the names that we hear more than anything, along with some of those um, independent league players that they brought in recently. I think I think that's what we're going to see more than anything. I had forgotten about maybe the biggest move of the offseason, Buddy Kennedy. So I am hoping to, uh, you know, to see some good Buddy Kennedy content this spring. I'm not. <laughs> all, all, all I was thinking um, was uh, Swaggerty is spelled with one G. I found him eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Googling. I've been searching on fan graphs. Who the hell is this guy? Um, and uh, I found him. <laughs> so that's what's going on over here. Wow. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, um, you and I uh, on the show, we've talked a lot about vibes. How are you feeling about the vibes on the team right now as we head into the 2024 season? You know, I'll have to I'll have to take a good hard vibe check once we mm-hmm. actually get into spring training, we see some real interaction and the way that they're putting the team together out on the field cuz if I'm being honest, I don't feel all that different like just in all things than mm-hmm. we did last season and coming into last season, I didn't feel the sense of dread that I guess I should have, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think Kyle mentioned something earlier on about how it's just, it's just really not that different. And that's where my lack of excitement is coming from because I did really think that this was going to be one of the biggest off season, probably the biggest off season in my lifetime for the Cardinals. And I don't feel that it has been, in my sense of anticipation or excitement, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I love so many of the guys on the team. I think there's so many things to be excited about and individual performances to be invested in, whether or not that they come together and the vibes are there is yet, yet to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That makes sense. Um, well, a good segue to um, the last sort of Cardinal 
conversation we're going to have before we move into some more stupid games and broader baseball stuff. C70, Daniel, how would you rate the this off season on a scale of one to a thousand? How do you do a million you, on a scale of one to a million? How would you rate this off season? Well, I mean, when you narrow it down like that, um, I got to think it's 742,370.6. I think wow. that's where I'd rate it. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, so the C, flat I mean, C, straight in the C territory. Yeah, I mean, they, they got they did what they said they were going to do, right? They got the three pitchers, not the way that we would have liked to. I agree with with Kelsey that we thought this post offseason was going to be a lot more exciting than it was, but they they said did what they set out to do, and they did get Sonny Gray, which is a top of the rotation guy. So, you know, all things, you know, again. Going into last year, we didn't expect the bottom to fall out, but it does seem like this is a fairly solid group. Not exciting, not great. If there was a team that was actually trying in the NL Central, you probably wouldn't be as happy, um, but nobody seems to be, so it's okay. Um, you know, you, you, They've done pretty well with the relievers. They cleared out a little bit of the, of the outfield log jam. Again, it's just, you know, I guess one of those typical Cardinal things. They just, they kind of went about their business in the most bland way they could, <laughs> but it will probably get them 86 wins and a likely first round matchup with the Dodgers. So, I mean, Woo. who knows? All you have to do is get past the top half of their lineup and their first three pitchers, and then I mean, they're not that good. So I don't know why everyone is worried about the Dodgers. Yeah. You just focus on Jane those. Paxton. He I mean, yeah. Cardinals and Dodgers in the postseason. It uh, you throw the records out. That's I why mean, Matt Carpenter's exactly. here. What's Matt Adams <laughs> doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well said, Daniel. I think. Uh, I think we're pretty in alignment. I think I, I think I would have said literally that exact same number. It's crazy. <laughs> Probably. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. obvious. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to, we're going to move into, don't worry, Kyle. We're about to do peak stupidity here. This one's for you. I've all got right. a game. <laughs> Talk about a matchup. Here we go. I've got, I've got a game. It's a popular one on the show. We haven't played it for a while though. Um, a, a, a bit of feedback we hear on the show pretty regularly is that we don't actually talk about birds enough. Okay. And so that's why we're returning to another edition of bird or boy. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a boy. We were talking about while I was in St. Louis how dumb our podcast name is, but you know what? <laughs> we're moving on. So the way this game works is I'm going to say a name. It is either the last name of someone who at some point in their career played for the St. Louis Cardinals, or it's a type of bird. You have to guess which it is. Um, if it is, I've got more sound effects. Uh, after you guess, if it is a boy, you'll hear this. A real boy! And yes. if it is a bird, you'll hear this. So, 
I also <laughs> that was a duck, by the way. Yeah, it's a duck. Oh, can you guys? I'm afraid the sounds aren't coming through. Can you hear these okay? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are we? Are we supposed to buzz in? How does this no, work? No, no. We're gonna go in order here. I did okay. another random randomizer here. Just warning to the other players: I'm very good at this game. I know uh-huh. all about boys and birds. So good luck. <laughs> oh, well, Ben, you're gonna get a chance chance to uh to show off here because uh you're going first again. Damn it. Um, Heck of a randomizer you got there. I know. I should have. I I did these all separately at different times. I didn't realize that Ben goes first on on two of them. So, oh well. Um, Ben. Mizomella. Oh, shit. Um, Mizomella. Based on pure instinct, it's clearly a bird. I'm going to say it's a waterfowl of some kind, but bird. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. The Allor Mizamella is a species of bird in the family Methylagadi, the honey eaters. It is endemic to the Indonesian island of Allor, where it is the only representative member of the genus Mizamella. It is named after Dewi Malia Prawaradagalaga, an ornithologist at the <laughs> Indonesian Institute of Science and one of the first leading female Indonesian ornithologists. Who, wow. who was that again? Uh, I'm not going to say it again. Um, that was a good cold read date. Very impressive. Thank you. Kyle. <laughs> Dumbass. Kyle. Galloway. I, 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 Kyle, Kyle stepped away from the computer. You'll have to ask somebody else the question. <laughs> nope. I'm looking right at you. Kyle. Galloway. Bird or boy. Both, but I'll say <laughs> both. I'll say both is not an acceptable answer in this game. You must wow. pick a side. Well, that's your fault. Wow. I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, it is my fault. I, I made the I'll game. Say, <laughs> I'll say boy, so that I can say it's a real boy. <laughs> a real boy. That's right. Uh, let's see. Jim Galloway played second base and shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals in 1912. Wasn't wow. there a Joey Galloway also? Or are you thinking of Joey Gallo? Uh, I'm pretty sh- I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure okay. there's a video of Joey Galloway jumping over a Lamborghini in a parking lot. <laughs> Continue. Wasn't he a wide receiver? Joey Galloway was a wide receiver. Oh, shit. You're right. Yes. <laughs> nice. All right. I'll shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kelsey. Kinlock. I I can't I don't have any logic here. I'm just gonna go with bird. Same. A real boy. Oh, sorry, Kelsey. Uh, Billy Kinlock played third base for the Cardinals in 1895. <laughs> you were only picking boys that were around post 1900. So. <laughs> um, Daniel. Drongo. Kyle, wasn't he a bounty hunter in the last Star Wars? I thought it was a boxer from the Creed, the, the Apollo Creed. Uh, I thought it was that. I'll go with a bird. Just why not? Wow. <laughs> the Aldebra Drongo 
is a species of bird in the Drongo family. It is endemic to uh, Seychelles, where it occurs only on the island of Aldabra. It has a small population of only around 1,000 birds. Wow. Wow. Nice one, Dan. Great cold read again, Nate. Yeah. Thank so you. natural. <laughs> I, um, Daniel, I almost did bird or boy or Star Wars and was going to put in Star Wars guys in here too. And I was like, no, that's too much chaos. Um, all right, Ben, back to the top. Millard. Millard. Millard Fillmore. Millard. Mallard. Mallard. Uh, I'm going to say boy. A real boy. It's a real boy. Hell yeah. Frank. Frank Millard played second base for the Cardinals in 1890. Told y'all I was good at this game. <laughs> uh, Kyle. Kitty Wake. Are... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, uh, how about uh, it's a bird? Killing it. Wow. Killing it. it. The black-legged kittiwake is a seabird species in the gull family. Wow. All right, Kelsey. Y'all are very good at this. Except for me. Well, Kelsey, you got a good one here. Stanky. I don't like birds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the show. Yeah, you, you did not get this feedback from me. <laughs> Um, let's go with bird. A real bird. All right, Galvi. Eddie Stanky. <laughs> Eddie Stanky played oh. second base for the Cardinals in 1952 and 1953. Hmm. Wasn't he like famous for like bending the rules quite a bit? And uh, he's he's an, yeah. I'll stop talking. He's interesting. Hey. He was mm. basically a racist, from what I remember, too. Oh, so, damn it. Uh, he was man manager for a while. Wow, that's um, interesting to you, so, huh, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was what the, the good part, or the part I liked. Uh, uh, all right, Kyle, I want to remind you, you must choose bird or boy. Actually, it's my turn, so. Yeah. Oh, wait, did I? Okay, yes. Thank you. To be fair, it's probably a good that's... idea to remind me every four or five minutes. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Daniel, thank you. Better show host than me. Daniel, parrot. Uh, boy. A real boy. That's right. Dennis. Jeff Parrot. He was a pitcher in the 90s. Mm -hmm. 95 to a parrot is also yeah. clearly a bird. What the hell? <laughs> Not this one. This is Jeff Parrot. Uh, ben. What? Shell duck. We've done this before. Um, shit, I don't remember though. Um, no, it's um, uh, it's a uh, it's a bird. Yes. Ah uh, man, I'm gonna I'm getting in your head with shell duck though. All right. Is that this the is fourth the... time you've asked me shell duck? <laughs> I do. We do shell duck every time. This will probably be the last. Now that's made a big point. All right. Uh, Kyle. Tomco. Oh, that's a that's a real boy. <laughs> yeah, real I wondered boy. if uh, people would remember him. Brett Tomco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lucked out. There. Um, Kelsey, here's your chance. Redemption. 
Sister Cola. <laughs> I feel like I should pick Bird because you've given me two boys, but I've picked Bird and been wrong both times, so I'm going to go with Boy this time. Kelsey. <laughs> you give me too much credit, Kelsey. Sisticola, Levelance Sisticola, also known as the Tinkling Sisticola, is a small pessarine bird which is native to marshlands in the uplands of Africa, southwards of the equator. Could be saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Daniel Cardinal. Um, I do remember a player with that last name. I can't remember if he was a cardinal or not. So we will say real boy. A real boy. Wow. That's, yeah, that's right. Um, Jose Cardinal, an outfielder in 1970, 1971. <laughs> so uh, three-way tie, <laughs> Ben, Kyle, and Daniel. Um, Kelsey, Better luck next time. Read some bird watching books, I guess. <laughs> I She's really never coming dislike on the show birds. Again. I really dislike <laughs> birds, guys. So this is this is just how this would go for me. It's okay. Yeah, this she is does not, not like help. talking about birds. I think that's yeah. we need to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Every we got a few more. It was like an Italian mobster from the hill here in St. Louis, too. It didn't help. Like <laughs> what they all sounded like. Yeah, they did. Uh, it this game does allow me to do one of my favorite things, which is just googling list of all birds. It's a good Google. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Kelsey's least favorite Google. Yeah. All right, um, we're gonna do a, just a few more things as we wrap up the episode. Um, but we want to give a chance for uh, the guests of the show to plug where people can can find and listen, and if. You know, if, if people are listening to us and are not following them, um, you really should be. So, Kelsey, where can people uh, find you and, and and your content? Yeah, I'm on the Twitter at KBirdTweets, because even though I hate birds, that is my last name. K-B-U-R-D. <laughs> oh, tweets. yeah. And um, if, you, if you get there, you find the link tree and you can find every podcast that I'm a part of. I do my weekly episodes of my solo podcast, Peace, Love and Baseball, which currently is featuring a different Major League Baseball franchise highlight every week. And then I also do a couple other weekly shows with some badass women who love to cover all of baseball with me at bourbon and baseball and babes babes but yeah you find me on twitter at kbird tweets you find the link tree you find it all right there nice yeah highly recommend uh kyle how about yourself i cannot stress loudly enough how little <laughs> i want to follow him. i if you're listening <laughs> to this and you are following me unfollow me do not under any circumstance follow me for anything uh, and if I could say it one more time, do uh -huh. not, under any circumstance, follow me for anything. Now, uh, in the other room is my husband, Daniel Shoptaw. He is doing everything. Uh, follow all of his stuff. And, uh, and of course, Kelsey. Wonderful. Um, well, Daniel, please, if you want to walk over to Kyle's mic for this, too. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. That'd be so cute. <laughs> 
Please note that Kyle finished sixth this year in top cards on Twitter. Oh. I bring it up because he hates it. Yeah. And so I'm just going to mention that again. So I, I think that, that uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I, I've actually thought about stopping, but as much as Kyle hates it, I have to keep going. Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, um, uh, you, have, you find me at C70, you find everything there for the most part, because I am not terribly shy about throwing out a link and hoping that somebody actually follows it. Um, meet me at Mutual, Gateway to Baseball Heaven, the Substack, cardinals70.substack.com. That's, that pretty much sums it up. Awesome. Well, I want to thank the three of you again for, for being here and just being such great uh, parts of the community and, and you know, helping other people and, and just, you know, you make being a Cardinal fan even more fun, especially after years like last year. Um, if you want to support this show, um, we are listener supported on Patreon. I want to shout out two new patrons, Kathy W and Mike H. Really, really grateful every time someone clicks that button and joins the Patreon. Ben and I are shocked <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and deeply grateful. So yes. thank you to everybody. Worry what's wrong with you, but thank you. <laughs> um, so thank you. Um, Patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, something new. Um, we now all of our podcasts are available on YouTube. Uh, I think if wow. you search talking about birds, you have to scroll through a whole lot of bird content, but you'll find <laughs> us. If you do talking about birds, a St. Louis Cardinal podcast, you'll go right to it though. Um, Most of the things that come up are like parrots opening their mouths and then people <laughs> dubbing things over it. So watch that instead. That sounds better. <laughs> yeah. um, and you can find all of our stuff on talkingaboutbirds.com. Um, all right, we're going to run through some of the bigger things from league news here, and we're going to wrap up with one last little game. Ben, do you want to run us through the, the highlights of the league news from last week? Yeah, only a few things to get through uh, really quickly. Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton have all been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Adrian Beltre, in my opinion, first, like, uh, one of the best third basemen of all time. Love him. Joe Maurer is the only one I question a little bit. I know people like him. And, you know, I live in Denver. I'm a huge Todd Father fan. Uh, very happy for Todd Helton. But uh, fun story. All, all good guys. Like, it's uh, we, don't, we don't have any, like, uh, problematic figures unless C-70 wants to correct me on some horrifying <laughs> story I'm missing. Um, but all, all good know, guys, it seems like. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Beltre is, like, nearly inner circle Hall of Fame at this point, yes. right? Like, yeah. yeah. He's the man. Yeah. And two first time uh, first ballaters, which is something that are the stupid BWAA uh, is not very good at doing recently. Yeah. So happy about that. Do you um, think that Adrian Beltre will have Naftali Feliz? Oh no, no, uh, Elvis Andrews. Sorry, come up and rub his head during the, during his speech. <laughs> he should. I hope so. Does, does Elvis have a job right now? I think he might be available. He uh -huh. was with the White Sox last yeah, year. Yeah, I think he's still with the White Sox. Yeah, but they got Paul DeYoung now. What do they need? That's him? a great point. They don't need him. That's locked up, pal. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Solid. Oh, I, I want Paul to have a good year in, in Chicago so yeah. bad. Um, all right. A couple of other moves, a couple of interesting moves. Uh, big time relievers getting signed. Astros signed Josh Hader, five years, 95 million. Um, that deal is probably going to work out really well for a team that I hate. Uh, and then the Angels continue to be confusing and they give a solid reliever three years and 33 million dollars i think that's the thing that's going to put them over the edge they, <laughs> they needed that middle reliever they that guy 
Who was it? You just said uh, solid reliever. Oh, I did. Robert Stevenson. (laughs) Robert Stevenson. (laughs) I might as well say, I mean, that's the most nothing name of all time. (laughs) Robert Stevenson. Jeff Pitcher was signed too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the, the hater deal is actually a little lower than I was expecting it to be on a AAV. Cardinal um, should have done that. Well, that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago, right? Like if it was five, a hundred or less, like the Cardinals maybe should have thought about it, but, um, they don't do things like that. But, Helsley yeah, and hater in the back of the bullpen would have been the most fun summer ever, but yeah, here we are. Um, and, uh, uh, hot off the, uh, uh, presses, uh, Milwaukee, this is going to be old news by the time the show comes out, but Milwaukee signs Reese Hoskins to a two year, $34 million deal, uh, to be their first baseman of probably just next year because he has an opt out, um, wow. after 2024. Um, but interesting move. The, uh, Milwaukee actually did something. So, so the, the central gets like, I don't know, 2% more difficult. How yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, their offense is pretty rough. And so, uh, assuming he returns the form, like, it could be a pretty good move for them, um, which, you know, you hate to see. You hate to see it. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Light, light news week. Thank God we had uh, more entertaining people on uh, than <laughs> us uh, to help make this podcast seem decent. All right. Well, we've got to end the show with a game. I got one last for you guys. All right. And then we're going to, we're going to get out of here. So this time, we're returning to who charted who charted. All right. So um, the 2023 was a forgettable year, but just how forgettable was it? I have a series of stats from individual players in 2023, and you all are going to prices, right? Style. See who can get closest to the number uh, from that stat. So um, here we go. Uh, I think Kyle's just leaving. No, okay, he got to a better spot. Uh, okay. All right. Tommy Two Bags. We love him, don't we, folks? Uh, how many doubles did he hit in 2023? Daniel, we're going to start with you. I am going to be terrible at all this, so yeah, I'll just start out with 24. 24. I, I tried to pick ones, by the way, that like, you know, like you get, everybody should maybe have a general idea, but I, I'm not expecting anyone to just be able to know these things off the top of their head. But you might know one or two oh, of them. Thanks, Dan. Uh, thanks, thanks for yeah, couching it with that. Kyle, how many doubles did he hit yeah. in 2023? My guess was 23 before Daniel said 24, and now I definitely don't <laughs> trust that guess. So I will say, you know, he's always been kind of a little doubles machine, which makes it tough. I'll say he had a down season. It was 21. 21. All right. Kelsey. I believe in Tommy two bags. Give me 26. 26. Ben. Hmm. I don't believe in you all. So I'm going to go with $1. <laughs> Playing the game. Um, Tommy Edmond hit 25 doubles uh, in 2023 so that one's gonna go to daniel closest without going over at 24 wow <laughs> very good Just all right i believed in you tommy <laughs> <laughs> uh lars newbar how many plate appearances did he have in 2023 kyle we'll start with you 441 
441. Kelsey. 444. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kyle's got a narrow window for success here. Um, ben. Uh, me, I say, uh, ooh, first number that came to my head, uh, uh, 350. 350. Bob. Daniel. I'll say 370. Damn it. So he actually played a lot more than I think we all feel like he did. He had 504 plate appearances. Damn. Wow. So Kelsey, you're going to take that one. Closest without going over 444. All right. Wilson Contreras. What was his end of season OPS? Kelsey, we're going to start with you. Mm. I'm going to say 820. 820. Ben. Sorry, Kelsey, but my first thought was 825. I'm going to lock in 825. 825. Yeah. That's how you play the game right there. Me. Um, He had that nice run at the end of the year. Um, I, I'll say 889, 889 and Kyle. Yeah. Uh, I, 827 was the first that came to my mind. Damn it. (laughs) Okay. You're not going to believe this. His end of season OPS was 826. So Ben. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ben only yes. wins if it's 825 or 826 <laughs> and it was 826 so right. ben you're gonna take it right now we have uh daniel kelsey and ben all tied at one our fourth question uh how many runs did the Cardinals score in 2024 <laughs> ben you will start oh shit um uh not very many uh under a thousand <laughs> uh I'm going to say 738. Okay. Uh, Daniel. Uh, We'll see. Um, I really don't want to say one. Um, (laughs) I will say. Playing the game. Yeah. 820. I'll say 826. Nice. Worked last time. Yeah. Uh, Kyle. 768. Damn it. <laughs> Kelsey. 744. Oh, no. Well, no one's going to win this one. <laughs> uh, you all overshot. God, um, <laughs> stuck with the one. <laughs> yeah. The Cardinals scored 719 <sighs> runs. I was going to so. go with 700, but I second guessed myself because of Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to Kyle now. too much. Yeah. yeah. I never yeah. led anybody to a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> Says my so. husband. Um, I was a true story. I was trying to do whatever four times 162 was, and then I kept getting tripped up on the four times six. And I kept thinking, like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And then I just said a number. <laughs> I wonder, uh, hold on, I'm gonna do that really quick, but not in my head. I'm gonna do it. It's with eight, and then you carry the two, and it's 
you're making me mess up the calculator. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, that would have been 648. So you actually, yeah. that would have would have won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never got so yeah, six. what is their like, average? Right. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. 4.2 or something. I, what? So 719 divided by 162. 4.44. Um, 4.44. 4.44. Folks. Doing math is the best way to get podcast listeners. Uh huh. <laughs> An hour and a half into a show, just doing math. Yeah, it's good content. All right, moving over to the uh, pitching side of the ball. Um, <laughs> pitching side of the ball. That's the thing people yep. say. Uh, how many strikeouts did Adam Wainwright get? Oh. Daniel, we're going to start with you. Uh-huh. Um, it's a mean one. I have no idea. Rough year. 70. 70. All right, Kyle. Uh, 35. <laughs> Kelsey. I'm going to go with his number, 50. And uh, Ben. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll split. Uh, I'll go 60, 62. All right. He had 55 strikeouts. Ah! So yeah, very good. That is so bad. <laughs> I felt bad picking yeah. 50, but I knew my my heart of hearts wanted to weigh over shoot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a similarly uh, not nice one. How many home runs did Miles Michaelis give up in 2023? Ooh. Kyle, we're going to start with you. 29. 29. All right. Uh, Kelsey. 37. All right. Ben. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 32. Yeah. And Daniel. I feel like I saw this somewhere along the way and I've completely forgotten it. Um, 24. All right. He gave up in 2023. 26. So, right. Daniel, you're going to take that one. How many Not did bad. Lance Lynn give up? Because he gave up the most. I feel like 40, it was in the 40s. It was 47? Right? Yeah. 47 44. or 49, something like That's, that. I was trying to think it. It was not that much, but it felt worse. Miles Miles actually had an okay <laughs> year last year. The Cardinals were just bad around him. Yeah. I mean, his year was fine, I guess. Um, Daniel and Kelsey are tied right now. Damn it. Uh, and... Yeah, so we've got two more. All right, here's a fun one. What was Dakota Hudson's win percentage? Oh. Kelsey, we're starting with you. Hmm. It was better than we all think it was. Um, I'm going to go with 615. 615. Okay. Ben. Was it better than we all think it was? <laughs> Oh, God. Better than it should have been. <laughs> okay, I it wasn't zero, so yes, I was gonna say zero. Um, I'll I'll be nicer and I'll say twenty five uh, or, or uh, 250, two fifty, uh, whatever. Yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty five. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> he had that stretch where he won two or three games, and did he? Yeah, but yes. it was like he pitched terrible. He just happened to luck into a couple of wins. Um, I'll just say 500. Okay. And Kyle. 
379. Real fast, can I I would like to talk to about Dakota Hudson for one one minute. Yeah. If I could just have one Please. minute of your time. Part of these games, part of these games was just to get us talking about random Cardinal players. So yes, please. I remember that one of the things that some really smart baseball people used to say is that, you know, people who complain about Dakota Hudson is all he are misguided because he gets wins. He gets wins, he gets wins, he gets wins. And that honestly is when I realized that we should not invest into the win total at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. on a personal level, I hate Dakota Hudson. And on a professional level, I hate Dakota Hudson. Uh, so I'll say 363. Kyle, I truly felt like you were about to go on a spiel about how we should like uh, Dakota Hudson. Oh, no. Like something about oh, the way no. you started that made me think that this was about to be a pro Dakota, Dakota Hudson spiel. And it ended with pure hatred. And I love it. Um, however, Dakota Hudson went six and three in 2023 oh putting his win percentage at 667 wow i knew uh, i knew wow. one more yeah. he lost i knew very good yeah. so wow. kelsey kelsey takes it with 615 and our last one so kelsey it's yours to lose how many runs were allowed by the cardinals in 2024 awesome. all ben, of them <laughs> ben we're gonna start with you uh, I'm going to go with 888. <laughs> nice. Daniel. I don't really think I should go under that. Um, 916. All right, Kyle. All right. Am I the last one? <laughs> no, Kelsey's no, the Kelsey. last one. What is... 5.8 times 166. <laughs> I'll say, uh, I'll say uh, 894. All right, Kelsey, you are the Damn last it. one. Ben, what did Ben pick? 888. Ben is at 888. Uh, yeah, Daniel's at 916, and Kyle's at 894. For all the marbles, Kelsey. Okay, I think I want 850. All right, so the Cardinals gave up in 2024, 829. So none of you take this one, which means Kelsey wins. Congratulations, Kelsey. You won. Who charted? Who charted? Except for the birds. There you go. Actual baseball knowledge. (laughs) But uh, you could really brush up on your your bird name uh, literature. So, all right. You do that. (laughs) <laughs> i won't no no pass um all right that's it thank you the three of you again so much for doing all of this with us for coming on the show over the last two years and and just being a part of the community it's been so much fun and we we truly cannot thank you enough like i said it at the beginning of the show but you know this started as just like a a, a hobby of ben and i and i don't think we would still be doing it if we didn't have such a a cool like group of people that we, we get to interact with. Uh, so you're so blaming it on us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, if you want us to stop, it's in your hands. Um, but no, truly thank you all. We really appreciate it yes. to our listeners as well. Yeah. I can't believe we did this. Uh, I can't believe we recorded this tonight. I can't believe we made it a hundred episodes. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Happy 100th. So, Congrats. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Thank you. Do that um, Freddie Freeman dance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm really looking forward to this season with all of you. Um, and we'll continue to bring the show uh, every week. And uh, we're all hoping for a much better 2024. But at the very least, it'll be fun to, uh, to experience it all together. So uh, wow. to our listeners again, thank you. Wow. And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, with just Ben and I, probably. Sorry. Um, yep, but uh, uh, we'll be back next week. And until next week, go Cardinals. Thank you. Bye.